I'm looking forward to this week and next week diving into the Word. Uh, I said it last week, we got some families on fire. Now, you know, that was uh, a freight when growing up in the type of church I grew up in, man, you would say that meaning that someone was excited, man, God, someone's all fired up in the Lord, woo! And, and last week we talked about, uh, you know, Christ, Jesus baptizes you with the Holy Spirit, but he also baptizes you with fire, or he, he immerses you, buries you in fire. In other words, he uh, cranks up the heat sometimes. And he will use all things that come through your life from, from uh, the mountaintops to the fiery valley sometimes to refine us and to give us an opportunity to grow in faith, to grow in faith. And that's really what it all boils down to. We're going we're gonna to find out today, we're going to go back and take a look at faith. And if there's anything that I've learned over the last three years of my life, it is how to walk in faith. Now, I've always had faith. Everyone has faith. Everyone in here has faith. You may not have the right kind of faith. <laughs> and we're, we're going to get to that. Even, even if you, you think I'm full of it <laughs> you know, every week. If you're like, man, Dave doesn't even know what he's talking about. You have faith. I promise you. I promise you, the world has been able to prove that it has faith. So we're going to call this faith footwork over the next few weeks. Uh, if, if you've ever played any type of sports or if you follow any type of athletic sports, you know that in order for athletes to be in top shape and to be on top of their game, they have to go back to the fundamentals sometimes. Uh, those of you who follow professional football, right? Uh, Dak Prescott, quarterback for the Dallas Cowboys, started this last season out. Man, he looked great. He was incredible, man. He, he, was, he was just like pinpoint accurate with his passes. First half of the season, he looked great. He suffers a calf injury. He's out for two or three weeks. And when he came back, he just never seemed like the same guy, right? And folks were like, well, is this calf still bothering him or not? And he finally came out and he said, it's my footwork. He said, I'm, I'm, I've, gotten, I've gotten off on my footwork. I need to get back on my footwork. And so, of course, the, the TV analyst would sit there and show video of, this is him in the first part of the season. Look how pretty his, his feet were passing, right? And then here's him in the second part of the season. Look how horrible his footwork is, or yeah, whatever it was, right? It was just totally off, totally different. Uh, if, you're, if you play tennis, those of you who get out here and play tennis, uh, or even, uh, what's, what's the other game? Pickleball, yes. Even I'm assuming there's some, if you're going to be a pickleball pro, I've never played it, but I'm assuming you need to have some good footwork down. Uh, soccer players, right? So we got Maddox in here who's, who's, who, was a court, who quarterbacked the JV LD Bell football team and did good, but, but I would imagine all that footwork from all of his years of soccer playing, which Bodie's probably more proud of that than anything, is... Uh, what probably came in handy. So, so you have to get back to footwork, to basic muscle memory. And for believers, if we're going to claim to be believers, then we have to get back sometimes to the basics. And the Lord instructed me for the next couple of weeks, let's talk about this. So Lord, why are we going to go back to this? He said, because, because as a church family, collectively and individually, what's coming up on the horizon you're going to need faith. You're going to need trust. And so we need to go back and make sure our footwork is steady 
so that we can be victorious. Jesus said, in this world, you will have trouble, but be of good cheer because I have overcome the world. Not just the trouble, he overcame the world that contains the trouble. So that means that if, you're, if you find yourself in the wilderness, there's always a path in the wilderness. If you find yourself in the fire, there's always the fourth man in the fire with you. If you find yourself struggling, last week we, we found out that those who endure, those who are going through trials and tribulation, consider yourself blessed. And that word blessed literally means happy and to be envied. Consider yourself blessed. Why? Because when you endure, you get the crown or the trophy of life. How many can say you've really, you're really living? I don't know if I'm really living. Well, maybe you haven't gone through enough valley. <laughs> Because when you've come out the other side, you're living. You could be right in the midst of uh, a hailstorm in life, and you're still living. Amen. So we're going to walk through some things, but we're going to need faith to do it. All right? So let's, let's dive in. Y'all ready? Let's dive in. Hebrews 11 and 1. Now faith is the assurance, which means the confirmation, the title deed of things we hope for. All right, let that settle down. We're going we're gonna to break some things down. We're going to be very repetitive with some things, but it's to get some things into our spirit, okay? Now faith is the, the assurance, the title deed. What is it? We all have hope. We can hope, right? Faith reaches into that realm of hope and says, oh, that's what you're hoping for? Well, here, here's proof of ownership of it, right? Faith is the title deed of the things we hope for. Being the proof of things we do not see and the conviction of their reality. Faith perceiving as real fact what is not revealed to the senses. Okay? Now, this concept of faith is not foreign to us. We all have the ability to do so, right? Some folks say, how can I believe in this God who I don't even see? This invisible God. I don't see any proof of it. Yet the whole world proved that we, we, are, we have the ability to believe in something we can't see and to change our life accordingly. All it took is some folks to stand up and say, there's a virus running around. We've called it COVID-19, the coronavirus. You can't see it, but man, it's contagious. It spreads fast. Now, am I saying that it's false? No, I'm not saying it's false. <laughs> I very much believed in the coronavirus. Why? We saw the effects of it. But all it took was for someone to come out and start talking about it, and we changed our lifestyle. We sheltered in place for a while. We socially distanced. It totally changed the way we greeted people, man. I never thought in a million years I'd be giving high fives with my elbow. Woo! You know? And enjoying that, being appreciative of that. Why? Because of something we couldn't see. But you could see. But there was reports of the effect of it, right? And the majority of us even went and got some shots for it, didn't we? They call it the old Fauci-ouchie, right? <laughs> well, what was it based on? Ultimately, it was based on faith. So, well, no, it was based on science. Well, how many of us actually looked under a microscope for ourselves? No, we trusted the report of someone else who we felt had the experience. And yet, why is it so foreign when people who have experienced God, who have experienced the divine, 
and can say, I've seen results. I've seen evidence in my own life. We share that folks bristle at that. Wow, I don't know. You know? Hey, if it would help, I'll start giving Holy Ghost shots. Come on, line up. <laughs> Let's give you something. If that would help for folks to, to believe them and trust them more. But even with this, I, it, it amazes me, and I've been guilty of it in my own life, that folks who claim to be believers, yes, I am a Christian, yes, I believe in Jesus Christ, yet we still struggle with faith. We don't necessarily struggle with all the things, the church attendance and even showing up for Bible study or, or, or you know, uh, paying tithes, all that. So we can, do, we can go through the motions, but really when it boils down to trusting and believing, Christians sometimes have a hard time doing it, okay? And yet, at the same time, this concept right here is really no different than the way, how many of you guys order stuff from Amazon, Right? Well, you are, do you realize that you are going through the motions of what the Bible tries to teach us about faith? Say, I, ooh, I, I, I found a sweater. Man, I found a sweater on Amazon and I'm going to get it because I'm going to wear it to the company party and man, I'm going to look good in that sweater. Look at this sweater. That sweater's going to look great on me. Did you really see the sweater? No. You saw an image, a digital image, a series of zeros and ones that was a recreation, an image of what the sweater is supposed to, I think that's what that sweater is going to look like. And I think it's going to look good on me. And then what do you do? You order it. You ask for it. And you pay for it, don't you? And then you get proof of that payment. It shows up on your credit card, or you get an email from Amazon, or you get some kind of notification code saying, hey, here's confirmation that you have purchased this sweater. And then you go about your day, and you're like, "Woo!" whether it's same-day delivery or next-day delivery or one-week delivery or two-week delivery, however long, you just go about, man, I'm going to be looking good in that sweater. I'm going to wear it. And man, everyone's going to think I look so sharp at that company at that company party. Why? Because I have purchased it. I've seen it. Yet at the same time, you never put it on. You never felt it. You never smelt it. <laughs> you know, you, you, you didn't even feel what the texture was. It didn't even like, there's none, none of your senses picked up on it. You just saw something that presented the image in your head. So that's what I want. That's what I'm doing. That's what I need. I'm going to pay for it. Do you realize that everything you need has already been paid for by Jesus Christ on the cross? Every need has been bought, paid for. Every sin, every crime you've ever committed has already been bought and paid for. And yet it, it amazes me when I encourage people, have faith. Even, even if you, you don't see it right now, but see it in here. See the image of it in here and believe for it. That's what it's saying. Now, faith is the assurance, the confirmation, the title deed. You've got a confirmation code. What is it that you're believing God for today? He's given you the confirmation code. It's on the cross, right? All right, so if we can wrap up faith in a nutshell. This is, this is Pastor Dave's definition of faith from my own personal experience, my own three-year journey, right? Faith 
is the ability to trust God, which means his word and his promises for my life, regardless of what I see, hear, and feel. You order that sweater from Amazon, yet you may be cold at that moment. It may be cold in your house. That sweater's not warming you at the moment, but you can't wait. Woo, when that sweater comes in, I'm going to be warm. I'm going to put it on. You may look a mess, but man, when that sweater comes in, I'm going to be looking good. That's faith. Faith is the ability to trust God for my life, regardless of what I see, hear, and feel. It means that I understand that his word is what is permanent in my life. Everything else in my life is temporary. And if something is speaking something contrary to what the word of God has to say about me, then I know I don't have to trust it. I can agree with faith. And so I can say, no, the word of God, let God be true and let every man be a liar, the Bible says. That is faith, okay? The simplicity of faith. We're going back to our footwork. So faith is the ability to trust God for my life, regardless of what I see, hear, and feel. So this is an important ability, right? Why? Because Hebrews 11 and 6 says this. It is impossible to please God without the ability to trust God more so than what I see, feel, and hear. So I want to please God, so I come to church. I want to please God, so I've been praying every day. I want to please God, so I've been reading my one-year Bible. I I want to please God, so I've been getting into Bible study. I I want to please God, so I've been giving to the poor more. All of those things are awesome. And we got a lot of folks that are doing those things, but they don't have faith. They, they lack the ability to trust God. Why? Because they panic at every whim that comes through. The whole world's on, like, in, in the midst of the world collapsing, they're collapsing too. But faith says, no, you know what? I don't know. It's, I don't like what's going on around me. It hurts. It's not fun. It's scary. But you know what? I trust God more than what I can see, feel, and hear. I trust him beyond everything. And it says that it is impossible to please God without that ability, without faith. Without just trusting him. Matter of fact, anyone who wants to come to him must believe that he exists. Not only that, but I love this, and that he rewards those who sincerely seek him. Well, wait a minute. I'm worried that God's going to smite me. No, the Bible says that the fullness of the wrath of God was poured out on the cross. He's not looking to smite you. Matter of fact, he said, if you'll seek me, I reward those who sincerely seek me. But even the seeking has to start out with the simplicity of faith. Just trusting him. It's as if every day, and this is what I've heard every morning when I wake up for three years, do you trust me? Do you trust me? Hey, good morning, Dave. Do you trust me? Do you trust me? And it allows me to start my day and say, Lord, I'm yours to command. I, I trust you. I trust you. I don't know what I face today. You got some good things in store for me, and there's also some challenges in store for me. But regardless, I trust you. I trust you. There'll be times I have moments it's called the fight of faith. Fight the good fight of faith, the Bible says. There's the, I have moments where I, where I struggle. But they're moments. They're not days anymore. 
right? So, it is impossible to please God without this ability. Now, listen, listen to this. If God requires me to have faith, even in circumstances where it is impossible for me to have faith. Anyone ever been in that circumstance? Okay, if you're going to require me to have faith, God, even when I'm facing something that is impossible for me to conjure up any faith. Well, then I could possibly have the right to question that line of thinking of God, right? However, if God has given me the means to have faith, if he's given me a way to have faith, then it is up to me whether or not I'm going to accept that faith and be pleasing to him, right? And fortunately, he has given us the means to have faith, this ability this crazy ability to say, you know what? My life can be on fire and it's not fun, but I'm going to trust him anyway. Because if he said it, it's true. He's not going to lie to me, right? John 20, 25. Uh-oh, what's going on here? Some of my stuff is uh, out of order. Where are we at? Here we go. Romans 10, 17. So faith comes from hearing and hearing the good news about Christ. I'm also going to read from the Amplified Version. So the ability to trust God for my life, regardless of what I see, feel, and hear from the world, comes by hearing what is told and what is heard comes by the preaching of the message that came from the lips of Christ, the Messiah himself, the gospel, the good news, the good news does include the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. That is good news that he died and bore our sins on the cross. That's part of it. But the good news is the entire word of God, the redemption of mankind back to the father. Christ is the word of God. So if you want to dive into the word of God, what is it going to do? By hearing the word of God, you start developing the ability to trust him more than what you see, feel, hear, or even experience, right? Faith, it comes from hearing. Notice the word is hearing. So it's not just a matter of, hey, I showed up at church on Sunday and I heard a preacher and man, it was encouraging. That's awesome. Now I'm going to, no, it's hearing. It's a constant hearing the word of God. I love it when I walk up on people and they got the word of God playing in their car or they got a sermon playing or whatnot. Sometimes, sometimes when I walk back into my house, my, my wife works from home and while she's working, sometimes her phone is there and she's got the speaker up and, and it's playing. She's going through the one year Bible or she's going through various devotionals and she's hearing it. Why does that excite me? Because I know that her faith is going to grow. Why? Because faith comes from hearing the word of God. If you've ever seen Becky Jones work, when Becky Jones is hard at work cleaning houses and stuff, she's got her air, earbuds in, her AirPods. What is she doing? She's listening to the word of God. Why? Because she wants her faith to grow. She wants her faith comes by hearing. So I want to ask you, who are you listening to? Are you listening to someone who's going to constantly speak doubt over you? Someone who's going to constantly complain with you? Don't find someone who's going to complain with you. You can complain good enough about your problems. Trust me. Don't get with someone who's going to go, you know what? I agree with you. 
I can't believe they're doing that to you, and I can't believe you got to deal with this. I can't believe you ought to you know, find somebody that's going to speak the word of God into you. Why? Because I got to get out of my cycle of complaining. I don't need to complain about my mountain. I need to speak to my mountain. And in order to have the faith to speak to my mountain, I got to have somebody speak the word into me so that I can get life. Who are you listening to today? Now, let's talk about human faith compared to spiritual faith. We've all got human faith to some extent. Okay? Everyone still with me? We're working on our footwork. I want you throwing touchdowns by the end of this week. No more interceptions, right? Human faith. We all have human faith. Let's, we, we're going to go check out Thomas. Everyone calls him Doubting Thomas. Thomas actually had faith. Thomas had faith. Matter of fact, Thomas was an man, awesome man of God. If you, if you ever travel to India or if you meet anyone from India who's a believer in Jesus Christ, you can thank the Apostle Thomas because that's where he went and evangelized. The Lord sent him to India. Matter of fact, his tomb is still there in India. And, and folks from not just the Christian faith, but from the Hindi faith and the Muslim faith actually all hold Thomas in great esteem because he did incredible works and loved on the people of India and shared the gospel message. So, so folks are a little bit too hard on Thomas. So this is what Thomas told him. This is after the resurrection, right? And this probably has been echoed in our life. I've been guilty of living most of my Christian life with this kind of faith. They told him, they told Thomas, we have seen the Lord, right? They're letting him know he's alive. He's been resurrected. We've seen the Lord. And this is what Thomas replied. I won't believe. He didn't say he, he's never going to believe. He, he gave a condition. I, I'll believe. I won't believe and. I won't believe it unless I see the nail wounds in his hands, put my fingers into them, and place my hand into the wound in his side. He said, look, I'm willing to believe you, but I'm going to have to see some things first. And that's human faith. That's how we all live a lot of times. I'll believe it when I see it. Now you show it to me, and I'll believe it. Oftentimes, I've, I've, I've mentioned healing in my sermons. And I know because of we, we come from different denominational backgrounds and stuff, I, I realize that sometimes some folks have been taught, well, healing is not for today. Healing is not for today. And, 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 or sometimes folks will say, look, I struggle having faith for healing because I've got a loved one that's going through this or that. And you know, why would God let this happen? And et cetera, et cetera. These are all age-old questions. But how, how, many, how many would doubt if we had a paraplegic come in here and the Lord happened to say, hey, pray for this man. And so I prayed for him, bam, and he got up and he went running all over the place. There's not a one of us in here that would have an issue believing in healing, right? Yet scripturally, I can show proof of healing in the scriptures, right? And yet we struggle believing what he already said. Well, I can't be too hard on us. Thomas did the same thing. Look, I will believe it. But, it's, you know, I, in order for me to believe, in order for me to trust, I'm going to have to see some things. And so we know the story. Jesus did show up. And he looks at Thomas, and he didn't reprimand him. He said, Thomas, come here. He said, Go ahead. Put your hands in there. Shows him the nail scars. And he said, hey, get your hand in here. Let him touch the wound in his side. 
at that point, Thomas had faith. He, he professed. He said, my Lord and my God. He had, a, he had full faith then. And this is what Jesus told him. He didn't reprimand him. He just taught him a principle. He said, then Jesus told Thomas, you believe because you've seen me. But blessed, you remember what the word blessed means? It means happy and to be envious, or to be envied. So happy and to be envied are those who believe without seeing me. That's spiritual or biblical faith. Most Christians still operate with Thomas faith. I'm not saying God can't do it. I just need to see God, you know. And I lived a lot of my life. Lord, you want me to do this? Okay, but you know you're going to have to line up X, Y, and Z in order for this to happen. You know you're going to have to go talk to this person in order for this to happen. Rather than me just saying, Lord, I, I don't see a way, but I, I'm going to be obedient to you anyway, and then let him make a way out of no way. I operated a lot of my life with Thomas faith and consequently dealt with a lot of defeat in my life and a lot of destruction in my life. All Jesus was doing was echoing... Uh, Hang on, hang on. Where are we at? He's, he's echoing this. Mark eleven twenty four. 24. He taught, it made, this made such a big impact that Peter, who was probably the one uh, uh, telling, having Mark scribed for him this version of the gospel, it made such a big impact on Peter, he recorded it. It says, I tell you, you can pray for anything, and if you believe that you've received it, it'll be yours. Now notice, the, the receiving comes after the believing, or the having comes after the believing. Not now all of a sudden you have it, so you believe it. But you have to have faith. Say, what if I'm believing for God to heal me? Yet I'm, well, pain is real. Suffering is real, right? Say, you know, am I showing a lack of faith because I take medication for this? No. Not at all. Sometimes you have to deal with the physical when you wait for the spiritual to manifest. But also it means that on your journey, you can still say, look, I realize what my body is saying right now, but I also know what the word of God says. And I'm standing and believing for the word of God. And however long I've got to stand, God would not lie to me. God's not going to lie to me. If you're, if you're, I've, I watched, I watched, uh, uh, one of, one of the, the, the eldest member of my home church, her name was Hilda Plumley, And for years, from the time I was a kid, she said, God promised me that he was going to save my, save my husband. Her husband, Steve Plumley, was one of the meanest men I ever met. I was scared to death of him. And, and he was not thrilled that his wife would leave the house, leave him to come to church on a Sunday. And she took a, she took a beating at times for it. And, and uh, they lived out in the country. And she would say, when I was a kid, she would say, my, my God promised me. My God promised me. And folks would say, why are you staying with this man? Won't you leave this man? He is mean. He's mean to you. He's been mean to your kids. That's why they don't even come around anymore. Why don't you leave? And she said, because God promised me. I know what he told me. I know what he told me. At the age of 74, Steve Plumley gave his heart to the Lord and was baptized in the name of the Lord and became the sweetest He'd bring candy to church. He was one of the most racist people you'd ever meet. And yet, and our church was a very mixed congregation ethnically. 
And, and there was a lot of uh, African-American families that had a lot of babies, man. And he would go, them babies would crawl all over him, and he'd be carrying them two and three at a time. God changed that man's heart. It took her a lot of years. He lived for about four more years, and the Lord called him home. It took a lot of years. And that's the problem. Sometimes we lose patience because we, we have microwave Christianity. We want to pop our prayer in, and within just a few minutes, bam. Oh, you haven't met it yet, God? I don't know if I can believe you. We go back to being Thomas. You want me to believe for that? You better show it to me. And he's saying, look, I just want you to trust me. If you'll trust me above everything else, I promise you I'm going to move. I love this. When you pray for it, believe that you've already received it. When you've already received When you order that sweater from Amazon, you don't pace the floor. When's it going to be here? When's it going to be here? I got to have that sweater. I got to have that sweater. No, you go about your life. You still anticipate it. That's what faith is. Pray, believe, go about your life, bless others, do good, and trust him. Trust him. Right? Everyone still with me? All right, we're going to go over one, one more section. This thing will cooperate with me. There we are. Salvation by faith. Now, everyone, this conjures up stuff. Salvation by faith. That means, woo, I believe in Jesus. We are justified by faith. And, and, and I believe in Jesus Christ, the death, burial, and resurrection. So that means I punched my ticket to heaven. I'm not going to hell. I'm going to heaven. Praise God. That's salvation. Woo. And that's, that's how we've preached it. And, and it's true. That's, that's a good truth. But it's, it's just like the tip of the iceberg. We've done the body of Christ a great injustice for not exploring what this means, salvation through faith. By just saying, tell me about salvation. Woo. My salvation. I remember I was 16 years old, and I gave my heart to the Lord, and I accepted him as Lord, as Lord and Savior of my life, and I believe he's the Son of God, that he died on the cross, and he rose again in three days. And, and then the preacher baptized me, and whoo, man, I, man, I tell you what, I'm so glad, because one day I'm going to be in heaven with all my loved ones in the sweet by and by, and, and man, all, you know, ain't going to be no tears. It's all going to be beautiful. Well, what about now? Well, right now is hell. So, so I'm, but if, if I can just endure this hell, I mean, eventually I'm going to be there in heaven. Well, wait a minute. You said that you just got delivered from hell. Well, yeah, and eternal hell. Well, no, it, it also means right now. Salvation means you get delivered from hell right now. You may be walking through it. You may, you may be in the middle of it, but it ain't in the middle of you. Right? Salvation by faith. The word salvation to the Greeks and to the Hebrews did not mean I'm going to heaven and I'm not going to hell. That's part of it. But this is what it means. Salvation in the Greek means, it's the, the Greek word is sozo. The Hebrew word is Yeshua. Isn't that pretty cool? Because that's the Hebrew way of saying what? Jesus. So his very name means salvation. And by salvation, what did they mean? If you go look it up in the Greek and in the Hebrew, it means this. Deliverance, safety, preservation, healing, and soundness. Woo, we got a lot of Christians on their way to heaven, but they're not experiencing deliverance in their life. They're not experiencing safe. They don't feel very safe. They're, they're, they don't seem very preserved, right? 
They're not experiencing healing. And we got a lot of Christians that definitely are not experiencing soundness of mind. They're tormented in their mind. Woo, but, but I'm going to heaven. <laughs> that would be like saying, you know, a, the, the, a good portion of you live here in the neighborhood, or maybe you live outside the neighborhood, but say, say you worked really hard and you bought you a house here in Viridian. And we get excited and we say, woo, hey, what do you think of that house? Man, it's got a roof. And <laughs> that roof is awesome. Because it, it keeps rain off of me, it keeps the sun off of me, it keeps the ice storm and the hail from hitting me. Okay, well, what about the rest of the house? Oh, I don't know. But man, that roof, you got to see that roof. Man, come, come hang out under my roof. What about the rest of the house? I've, I've driven by it. It's really beautiful. Oh, yeah, I don't know. But man, that roof, <laughs> that's where a lot of Christians have been stuck. Oh, I'm saved. I'm not, I'm not going to hell, I'm going to heaven. True, yes. But what else about it? Oh, well, I don't know. Praise God, I'm going to heaven. You know, no, it's this, this is what it's talking about. Salvation by faith is this. Deliverance, safety, preservation, deliverance. Do you, do you need to be delivered from anything today? Do you have struggles, habits? My first youth pastor, was long ago, uh, this is how long ago it is. This is how old I am. He, he, when, before he got saved, he was, he, was play, he was playing lead guitar in heavy metal bands. Hair metal bands, right? Big hair metal, mascara, all that, right? And so the first time he came into the church, his grandma attended our church, had been witnessing to him. He was, he was supposed to go to the airport to catch, uh, catch a flight to go up to Michigan to be the lead guitarist for a band that had just gotten signed to Warner, Warner Music. And, and so it was his big break. And on the way to the airport, the guy got a hold of him and he told the, he told the guy, he said, turn around. We were, we were having Sunday night service. He was supposed to fly out that night. He said, turn around. I said, why? He said, I got to go see if this God stuff is real or not. He showed up in the middle of service, sat by his grandma. When, when the pastor gave the altar call, he came down, gave his life to the Lord. You know, I, know it, I know that encounter happens differently for everyone, but I'm telling you how it happened to Brad Allen. And I watched. I was a young kid playing drums in the middle of church. I watched as the, the Spirit of God hit the guy like the Apostle Paul, man. Knocked him off his feet. And he fell. He, he was laid out having an incredible conversion experience. When he got back up, when, when he walked in the church, he was, a, he was a cocaine addict. And I forgot how much he told me he spent a day on cocaine. And in the party life. When he got back up, he was a new creature. To this day, that was over 30 years ago, to this day, he's never once taken any drugs. <laughs> God has blessed him. He's been married. He's got kids. He's been living for God. He had become my first youth pastor I ever had. What happened? He experienced salvation. He experienced deliverance. Something had a hold of him, but it didn't have a hold of him anymore, right? Safety. How many of you don't feel safe? Safety. You have a right to feel safe and protected, you know? Hey, I'm heading to Africa in, in July, if all things work out. Not necessarily the most safe place that I want to go on the planet, right? <laughs> but at the same time, I'm okay. Why? Because I know the Lord's got me, you know? Say, well, what if he doesn't? Woo, well, if that's his time to call me home, then that's my reward. That'd be the best day of my life. It may be hard for you guys. Y'all may be crying, but... I'll be rejoicing. Look at that. I'm throwing my keys everywhere. Preservation. 
Some of you are going through the storm and you think that you're, you, you, you don't see how there's going to be much of you left afterwards. No, he's going to preserve you. Why? Because you're saved. That's part of salvation. Healing. Those who say, well, healing's not for today. Look, let me say this. is salvation for today. The Bible says today is the day of salvation. Salvation, that's part of the package, right? Soundness of mind. How many, like your worst enemy isn't the devil. Your worst enemy is your mind. The crazy thoughts you have going through your head. The Lord said, no, I, I didn't give you the spirit of fear, but the power of love and a sound mind. He can get your thought, every, bring every thought into captivity to where every thought will bow its knee to the, the truth of God. That's salvation. So it opens up a whole new thing for by grace you have been saved through faith and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. So listen to this. For it is by grace... Everyone, everyone say grace. grace. We all know what that means, unmerited favor or unearned favor. You can't do anything to earn it, can't be good enough, can't, can't look good enough, can't attend enough church, can't witness to enough people. It's just God gives it to you because he loves you, right? It is by grace that you have been sozoed, that you have been Yeshua'd. So it is by grace that you have been delivered that you are in safety, that you have been preserved, that you have been healed, and that you have soundness of mind. He gives it to you. Through what? Through your ability to trust him more than you trust what you see, feel, and hear. And that, not of yourselves, it is a gift of God. Say, well, I don't even have faith. But you get faith when you hear the word of God preached. So if you want to encounter your salvation, how many Christians can honestly say they're experiencing their salvation? Well, I can't experience it until I die and go to heaven. But he said, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. In other words, he's trying to bring heaven right here for us. We can operate in the kingdom of heaven right now. Deliverance, safety, preser being preserved. Healing, soundness of mind, it is all right here for us right now to live in. Doesn't mean you're not going to go through the fire. Doesn't mean you're not going to have any obstacles and troubles and trials in your life. But wouldn't it be a whole lot better to walk through troubles and trial knowing that you're being preserved, that you have deliverance, that you have safety, that you're healed, that you have soundness of mind. And all of that is accessible to you if you trust, if you have faith, which means if you trust him more for your life more than what you see, feel, and hear. All right, we're wrapping up. Let's all stand. I'm telling you, that makes you feel better. I see it. Y'all just all relax all the more when I tell you to stand. Romans 1.16. For I am not ashamed. Don't be ashamed of the good news of Jesus Christ. What is the good news? His death, burial, and resurrection? Yep, that's part of it. But his good news is everything else that you can find in the Word of God. 7,000 promises. Over 7,000 promises that God made to you in his Word. One of those promises ought to fit one of your issues. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. And don't be ashamed. Don't be ashamed of the good news that you find in the Word of God. Don't be ashamed that it doesn't match with what folks are trying to tell you out there. Don't be ashamed it doesn't mat, match with what uh, the message the world is trying to get across to us of doom and gloom. No, I'm not ashamed of the good news of Jesus. Why? Because it is the power of God to deliver me, give me safety, 
preserve me, heal me, and give me soundness of mind. It's the power of God to sozo me, to Yeshua me. That's what it's saying. Not just it's the power of God that's going to let me get into heaven. Yes, that's part of it. But you get to enter it right now. It's the power of God to sozo me for everyone who believes or has faith. Or everyone who trusts him more than you trust what you see, hear, and feel. Trust the word of God. Say, what am I supposed to trust? Well, you don't know unless you get into it. Start reading it. Amen. Faith footwork. Get back to the basics. Ask yourself this every day this week. Do you trust them? Do you trust them? Do I trust them? Do I trust? I trust you, God. I trust you. I trust you. I know I may see some things that I don't understand. I know I may see some things that are that hurt. I know I may see some things. Look, if everything was hunky-dory in your life, there would be no need for faith. But for whatever reason, God said, look, if you want to please me, have faith. Trust me. That's the one way you please me. That's all I'm asking you to do. Just trust me. Say, Lord, I don't have time. I don't have time to make it a Bible study that way. That's okay. Trust me. Lord, I don't don't have the resources to give in the offering. Okay, don't worry about that. Trust me. Lord, I I, I forgot to tell so-and-so that I love them, and, and I know you want us to love our neighbor. Just trust me. If you trust me, everything else will fall into place. Just trust me. And that's pleasing enough to me. He said, I gotcha. I've gotcha. You just have to let go and trust. What's the old adage that says, what if I fall? He says, oh, man, but what if you fly? (laughs) Amen. Woo. I don't know what your need is. Let's all bow our heads. We're going to pray. I don't know what your need is today. But I know humans enough to know that we all got some needs that are represented here. So whatever your need is, I want you to exercise faith right now and in your own way. Now, I could call you down. You know, we could put on a good, good show. I could lay hands on you and pray for you. And, you know, nothing wrong with that. That's actually biblical to, to go before the elders of the church, let them anoint you with oil and pray, pray the prayer of faith, it says. But at the same time, you don't need a big rigmarole. You need faith. When the woman with the issue of blood was healed, they didn't have a big old healing crusade for her. She just said, if I can touch the hem of a, if I can just connect with him, I know I'll be healed. And Jesus said, man, who touched me? And when she finally came out and confessed, he said, he said, sister, your faith has made you whole. Notice he didn't even say, ah, yes, I, Jesus, hath healed thee. He said, your faith, because you trusted, you trusted what I could do above everything you've experienced for the last few years. Man, your faith has made you a whole. And one translation even says that he added, your suffering is over. Some of you have suffered enough. Take a moment before we move on. And right where you're at, no one's got to lay hands on you. You can receive right where you're at. You need healing, tell them, I trust you for my healing. I don't care what my body feels like right now. I trust you right now, Jesus, because of your word. You said that you bore not only our shame, but you bore our 
sickness on the cross. You took it. You already paid the price for that healing. If you need deliverance from something, claim it. right, Lord, you said salvation allows me to be delivered. If you need, you need safety, you need to feel secure. You need to understand and know that you're secured. Speak it out to him. Lord, I, I need security and I trust you. Even though what is all around me is making me scared, I trust you. I trust you. I trust you. You need soundness of mind. You need your mind to quiet down. You need the right thoughts. Let them know, Lord, I need to think the right thoughts. I trust you. I trust you. Lord, I thank you for your word because your word is the most truest thing I've encountered in my life. It has never changed. My understanding of it has changed. My understanding continually evolves, but your word never changes. And so I thank you for that, Lord. I pray that you bless everyone here. Help us to grow in faith. Lord, as we walk into the fire, let us know you're walking with us. And that we will have a a victor's crown of life and maturity. And Lord, we're going to (laughs) be, I'm so anxious to see what kind of mature folk we're going to be here in the next several months and weeks. And I love you. I praise you for it. In Jesus' name, amen.